up, ambitious listeners? Special episode coming at you today. I sat down with youth racing star Brenham Crouch. He is just an incredible talent, and we talked all about racing, his influences in racing, his future in racing, and what is the future of his career in racing, whether it be asphalt or racing, and where is the landscape of auto and stock car racing heading to the future. So it was just a very, very good conversation with a youth racing phenom in Brenham Crouch. So hopefully you guys enjoy, and that interview is after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Anchor. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is an absolute beast of a racer. He has been a recipient of multiple awards. Well, not recipient. He's earned them. He was a Dirt Cup Nationals winner, a Texas Challenge winner, an Outlaw Kart Nationals winner, a two-time Texas Kart Nationals winner, a two-time Santa Shootout winner. Um, I could go on and on. He is a phenomenal racer with an extremely bright future. Part of the Toyota Racing Development got a massive future ahead of him as a racer. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Brenham Crouch. Brenham, how are you doing, my man? Yeah, man, I'm great. Thanks for having me. So, let's start with the start. Um, when did you begin racing, and when did you realize it was your passion? Yeah, I started uh, when I was seven years old, Um uh, I grew up watching my dad race sprint cars, non-wing sprint cars, wing sprint cars. Um, eventually, he just kind of merged his way out of it and and uh, uh, told himself, like, it's time to focus on my family. And so that that's kind of when I stepped in and um, took over the family tradition. And uh, seven, 7 to 15 is kind of, um, that, that's how long I've been racing. And I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. Now, something that I feel like I need to get out of the way initially is you are only, um, and I, I'm trying to do the quick math in my head here, but I believe you're only uh, freshly 15 years old a few months ago? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, November, early November. So, well, first, I uh, have to shout out the fact that we're both November guys. I feel like that's already got a connection between you and I going here. But uh, the fact that at 15, you've already accomplished everything that you have is immensely impressive. How often do people look at you? I mean, you're racing in a circuit where it's immensely competitive. But how often do you get looked at a little differently because of how young you are? Um, yeah, yeah, actually, uh, recently, you know, last year, Keith Coons, um, you know, owner and uh, the guy with all the knowledge, all the contacts. He's he's been picking up. Um, he picked up a, a another fourteen year old right before I did, or right before I came in. And uh, Jason Persley, he he he's just a year older than me, sixteen now. Got to run his Chili Bowl debut a few weeks ago. Um, I was just kind of the second batch of that, and hopefully I can uh, make it worth uh, his time. Well, that just kind of smoothly transitioned me into my next question of you recently joined Keith Cunn's Motorsports, and you'll be running a part-time slate with them this year before now, well, transitioning into a full-time slate. So what is that like, getting an opportunity to race for a respected team um, owned by Keith Cunn's? Yeah, Keith and I, um, you know, we we met at Shootout last year, big micro race in, uh, in Tulsa. He kind of noticed me for, you know, how, how smooth I'd been, I'd been all week. And um, I've, I've got to give the clone carts that I used to run a lot of credit because that's that's really what I got all that stuff from. Um, you know, we, he kind of approached Dad and then we got to talking and 
Um, Chili Bowl, he we we kind of went to Chili Bowl, made a special trip up there to to meet him and kind of discuss what we had planned on doing this past year, which was our partial slate. And this year is going to be our uh, full season. We'll run complete USAC and Power Eye midget points, um, and hopefully that'll transition to me into a good Chili Bowl run and another uh, hopefully good year for next year. So a lot of um, Stokes moving in the fire right now. You have a lot of opportunities coming up to display your talents. If you had to, I guess, pinpoint a race coming up within this next year that you have kind of marked on your calendar as a massive, massive race for you, what race would you kind of say that is right now? That would be that would definitely be the Chili Bowl Nationals. I mean, it is the number one midget race in the world. Um, you know, I, I had to sit on the sidelines this year and kind of just help the team out as much as I could, you know, learn as much as I could because you have to be 16 to run that race. Um, I really, really have been looking forward to this race for, I don't know how long. Um, I watched Kevin Swindell, Rico Abreu, Sammy Swindell, all those guys um, go back to back. <laughs> it, was, it was weird looking at the banners while we were there a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, there hasn't been a driver who hasn't gone back to back since like 2010. And I... I'd like to be the first rookie to do that. Um, you know, it's always going to be tough. You got Cannon McIntosh, you got Kyle Larson, you got Christopher Bell. Um, you, you've got half of the NASCAR Cup field coming and running with you. And, you know, that's, I feel like that's what half the publicity is. Um, not only is it a unique and, and one of the toughest races in the world, uh, you know, dirt world at least, minus Knoxville or Eldora. Um, I feel like if, if I could, put my name in the record books there that I could really get my name out. Well, um, I myself am a big racing fan, but for listeners to this who aren't necessarily as familiar with the Chili Bowl race or racing as a whole, here are some former winners of the Chili Bowl Nationals that you may know. Tony Stewart, who is an icon in the racing world. Christopher Bell, who's someone who's dominated the Xfinity Series before most recently jumping to the Cup Series, where he's had success very early on. Kyle Larson, who is very well-known and a talented racer Rico Abreu and then you mentioned the swindles those are some incredibly talented racers what would that mean to you to have the opportunity to be in those record books and get the shot to impress so many people by racing against as you said half the cup series field who have now continued to race in the chili bowl yeah I mean uh yeah half the cup series field uh, at least uh, you know, you got Xfinity racers, you got truck racers, you have World of Outlaws, uh, sprint car and late model people, USAC sprint car people coming. I mean, it's there's there's people from every racing series in the United States that come and uh, take part in this race. And I feel like, like you said, like I feel like if I could put my name in the record books there, that it'd be not only memorable for me, but hopefully memorable for uh, a lot of other people and uh maybe I could become an idol to uh, a few people as well. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question of what what is the 
goal for the next, um, I'll say three years because NASCAR and racing is a very fast moving sport with the development. So I'll say first the next three years, what are, I guess, three goals that immediately jump out to you that you'd want to accomplish in three years? Yeah, I would, you know, I'm young and, uh, this midget though, it's, it's really, really tough to be fast at even the quick guys like Tyler Courtney and, uh, um, Chris Wyndham, the national championship in the midget series, uh, it, it took forever for them guys to get a win. And, you know, neither of them have a chili bowl win yet. Um, but they're, they're the, they're, they're two of the best midget drivers in the circuit. And I think if I could pick up a USAC and a power, I win this year, um, that would, that would really be one of my goals. I'd like to, I'd like to win rookie of the year as well in USAC. Um, and, I'm really aiming to uh, get a uh, prelim plaque at the Chili Bowl at least and lock myself into the A feature there. That's really my main goal for this year. Uh, by the end of this year, I'll have plenty of laps, and I feel like I'll have the experience to uh, roughly run up front with those guys. But, you know, Keith is – the whole midget feels weird because you kind of splits off. You can either go asphalt racing or you can either go – short car racing you really have um no other choice the midget thing's fun i feel like it's the hardest thing i've ever had to learn but it just it doesn't pay enough to support a uh, a comfortable living and i feel like you know the sprint car stuff you can make a decent living out of that obviously you'd like to go to nascar i mean as far as financial wise um it's uh, it, it's hard to say which one I like best because I haven't done much asphalt stuff yet. Um, I've tried it a few times, but uh, I, I really don't know what I want to do as far as the next step yet. Well, Brenham, you're 15. You have all the time to figure that out still. <laughs> um, but I, I guess that kind of transitions me well to you are 15 and you're still racing on the circuit fairly often. Um what is that like? I mean, I I know the challenges of being in high school and having to manage a workload. So what what is managing that high school workload that stresses just regular teenagers out, like added on to the fact that you are a legitimately talented racer who is racing very often? How do you manage that workload? Um, yeah, I, I'm doing homeschool through Texas Tech. Um, you know, they're based out of Lubbock, which is my hometown. So it's fairly easy when I'm home. I can just drive on over there and have, you know, ask whatever questions I need or I can call whenever I need to. Um, they make it really easy for me to either make up work or even stay on track. You know, when when there's races that we're like, oh, we're going to go race that, you know, we don't have that. Um, we don't have that into our school schedule as well. So we kind of like I said, it's very, they're very flexible and, uh, they don't ever give you deadlines for each assignment. It's just, as long as you get everything done and you're tested out by this time, you're, uh, you're good to go on to the next semester or the next grade or whatever. And so they, they, they helped me out a lot. Um, you know, I had to last year before I started racing for Keith, I was already down, um, or out of days. And so I had to, we had to make that transition fairly quick. Now in looking at, um, the pro circuit and looking at some people that you've looked up to, who are some guys that immediately stick out to you that you idolize? Um, you know, if, if Kyle Larson isn't one of your idols, then I mean, 
there, there's there's plenty of them out there, but I feel like Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell kind of just stick like they just they just uh, pop out at you. Um, and I have a feeling that the Chili Bowl wins that they've uh, brought upon themselves is has a big factor, plays a big role in that. Um, but uh, again, like I said, Chris Wyndham, Tyler Courtney, Cannon McIntosh, all those guys. Buddy was really good. Buddy Kofoy, he's with Keith as well. Um, all those guys, they're they're really really good. And you know, I realized you just you can't make mistakes. You know, in in past series or past cards, you can afford to make mistakes and recover. And these things you can't. You know, even in higher levels like sprint cars, um, you can afford to make mistakes and rebound fairly quickly. But these are just uh, they're too meticulous and if you do so you're you're costing yourself a lot of time and a lot of laps to rebound from that now how i've always wondered this about a racer now how much of the sport for you i mean obviously a lot of it is you're driving and you're trying to beat everybody else but how much of it is you know as you're cutting laps calculating okay if i run this line how can i get past them how much of this for you is mental and how much of it is i guess just repetition and practice yeah, I feel like uh, the repetition of practice and the mental part is kind of split down the middle. Obviously, you you need you need experience and um, talent talent to run one of these things. Uh, which I realized that talent is not everything. I was I used to be able to just get in something and be somewhat competitive, and this was the first part that I had to take the time and learn. And uh, it was very frustrating actually. Like I did not make many features this year. Um, trying to learn this car but <clears throat> I feel it's definitely mental in a lot of ways um, you know muscle memory and all the experience you know like you said the calculating part that kind of just comes natural to you after a certain amount of laps around any dirt track you know and uh, I have a feeling that after this year um, I have after this year I think I will uh be really really close to being in the in the hunt for a lot of good things well with so many you know you mentioned like you really don't know the route you'd want to take yet with so many opportunities for you if you had to i guess kind of look down the road and look at what the dream is for you what is the dream for brenham carouch to be at i guess at the end of your career i mean what is the ultimate goal for you um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd like to continue racing. Um, if there were anything to happen uh, to prevent me from that, I'm, I'm not positive what I'd do, really. Um, I feel like, <clears throat> you know, the dirt side's really, really fun and uh, always keeps you on your toes, but, you know, the asphalt is obviously, it pays way, way more. Um, you could have a way, way more comfortable living than you could on the dirt side, but that's when you have to ask yourself, you know, what, uh, what do you really want, you know? Um, and I haven't figured that part out yet. Um, both, it'd be nice to do both, you know, and I've, uh, I've heard like Joe Gibbs, he doesn't really, he's not really letting Kyle or sorry, Christopher do a lot of dirt stuff this year. Cause he doesn't want him hurt <clears throat> and that preventing him from running the asphalt cup series. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a decision I'm going to have to make fairly quick, but I don't know if I'm ready to make it yet. 
Well, that's something unique that you just touched on because last year when everything happened with Kyle Larson, he went down and um, worked in the sprint cars and got the opportunity to race in races that he may not have had the chance to if he was still signed to a NASCAR contract. And when he inked the deal with Hendrick, now there is going to be an opportunity for him to still participate in those races that he was dominating in when he was not in the Cup Series. So... I, I, there definitely is a route to do both, but it's definitely harder now when, as you said, I mean, there's so much money involved with asphalt racing and so much money invested in with guys like Joe Gibbs into Christopher Bell and into some of these younger talents. So it's almost like, in a way, you are forced to have to choose a lane. But in looking at guys like Kyle Larson, who've pulled double duty, and looking at guys like Tony Stewart, who have done it, is that a route that would be the dream for you to just be able to race and enjoy enjoy doing it for fun and not necessarily have to worry about the money? Like, you've been talking a lot about livable wages, but it, if you could just race for fun, is that the route you'd want to take, being able to just race against the best competition wherever that be? Yeah, I feel like um, the dirt side, um, you know, it definitely branches down to the asphalt part uh, aspect of things, but I feel like... The dirt side, you know, you could take somebody with absolutely no money and somebody would say, here, drive my car. You know, I feel like on the asphalt part, um, you still have to pay the money, uh, a really, really good amount of money to uh, even even if you earn your earn your spot in a car. I think that asphalt's obviously way more expensive, but, you know, you're getting they're paying you back, you know, uh, in the long run. Now, and. This is a tough question because there's got to be so many people in your life who have played major influences. But if you could just name a few people, who off the track has been the biggest influence to you? Uh, yeah, my dad. He's, I mean, he's the one who's, uh, who's worked, uh, pushed me through everything, paid for everything. Um, you know, I really would just like to uh, pay him back at some point and. Uh, show him that I appreciate all the stuff that he's doing for me because it means a lot. Now, Brenham, something that's risen to prominence in the past, I guess year or two years or so, especially with the pandemic, has been iRacing. As somebody who's a teenager and also involved in the sport of racing, is that something that you've delved into at all? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I really haven't done many series. Um, I'm not high enough to do that, but um, it, during the COVID pandemic thing i i was in a series with my the national micro series that i had been running the year before um but now i just kind of do it for fun when i'm when i'm off and uh i learned the things that i can you know it's not an abundance of tracks like there is in real life but um i i, I can say that it has helped me at certain tracks that i've gone to um just kind of roughly knowing your way around places like Kokomo, for example. I mean, I, that was, uh, the highest place I qualified this year, I qualified P5 and, uh, I got nowhere close to that in any other, at any other track this year. So I really think that iRacing does help you in certain aspects, but I feel like it could also hurt you at some point as well. Now you've won a handful of races already to this point, more than a handful. You've won a lot. Um, Victory Lane has become almost a second home to you. So if you had to kind of look back and kind of reflect on where you've gotten or how you've gotten to this point, is there a race or a couple races that really stick out to you as the fondest ones? Yeah, 
Yeah, um, even though I didn't didn't find victory lane at the shootout uh, a couple years ago, I still that's the place. It's it's just like Chili Bowl, if not more competitive. Um, you're running multiple classes there. <clears throat> it's uh, it's not all about the final race, you know. It's not about the A main completely. It's it's about everything. You have to heat race well. You have to qualify well. Um, even if you find your way into a B main, you have to find a way out of it. You know, um, I feel like that format just jumps out at me, and it's uh, I feel like it's almost my second home more than Victory Lane is right now because. You know, through the midget stuff, it's been really, really hard to uh, stay competitive as a rookie. And I feel luckily now I think I have enough experience and laps to where I can I can start chopping off some races. And uh, but, yeah, for sure, Chili Bowl and, and Tulsa Suda, I think, are going to be my number two races of all time. Now, obviously, this is a incredibly hard question because you are 15 years old and with so, so much of your career and life ahead of you. But, Brennan, if you had to look at your life and kind of project where you want it to go, and this is a question I ask everyone who comes on, if you had to look and analyze what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Yeah, um, you know, Tony Stewart, he, he owns or. When you think of Eldora, you think of his name. You know, he's affiliated with that track in many, many, many ways. And, um, you know, he's accomplished so much stuff. It's it's incredible to look back on. But, you know, I I really, I've thought about it. And, you know, the, the team owner aspect, I don't even know if that's for me. It might be at one point. But I feel like when I'm done driving, I feel like I'm going to be done driving. And, uh, you know, I, I can not better things, but I feel like I can move on to, uh, other things and still enjoy watching stuff. Um, find rides that, that look, that pop out at me like Chili Bowl or Knoxville, things like that. Um, but by the time I'm all said and done, I'd like to be one of the top prospects like Kyle or, uh, Christopher Rico or even Tony, somebody like that who's accomplished so much in their career. Now, one of my last questions for you here is looking at the Cup Series, uh, Daytona just a couple weeks away. Who's your pick to win the title this year? I mean, that's a very broad question, but who do you think wins the Cup Series championship this year? Um, I think Kyle Larson really wants to prove a lot to NASCAR after the whole iRacing thing. Um, he, I feel like he is definitely got more warmth than anybody in the series coming into 2021 um i think him uh kevin harvick i believe that i think christopher now that he's in with the joe gibbs i think that he'll have a shot at it too um i feel like those three are my main picks for this year very, very interesting. Remains to be seen how uh, Chris will fail, or fare with uh, Gibbs, but uh, he's somebody I was high on when he uh, made the jump, and I'm excited to see how he does, and excited to see how Larson does with the jump to uh, Hendrick, because that's a big ride for him. I mean, he's going to get the opportunity to race for one of the most pristine motorsports teams and probably all of racing i mean rick hendrick's done a phenomenal job so excited to see what they can do now back to you my last question for you here is a very very tough one if you 
could be any kind of boat, what kind of boat would you be and why? Oh, man. You know, I, I obviously racing is my passion, so it'd probably have to be a speedboat of some sort. Um, I like wakeboarding and tubing and things like that, so it could be a wakeboard boat or uh, one, probably one of those two for sure. I don't think I could pick between those two, though. Now, this is my final, final question here, and I had to add it in special for you. If you could be any kind of car now, what kind of car would you be? I feel like that's more fitting for you as well, too. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I'd be a Corvette. Very I like nice. Corvettes. Uh, I'd like to own one one day, um, have one of my own. So, uh, definitely Corvette. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he is well on his way to significant racing success. Brennan, where can the people find you on social media to keep up with your journey? Yeah, uh, Brennan Crouch won um, on pretty much every platform. Brennan Crouch Racing, just uh, Brennan Crouch, Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram. Uh, I'm on all three, so uh, if you'd like to follow me, you could... Uh, hit up any one of those accounts and I'd be greatly appreciated. Well, ladies and gentlemen, look out for him in the near, near future. He's got a lot of potential and he is going to be a star in the sport of racing. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that was Brenham Crouch. Thanks again, Brenham. Thank you. My thanks once again to Brenham Crouch for coming on. Just an incredible talent and I wish him nothing but the best of luck in the future. If you'd like to listen to older episodes of Ambitious and keep up to date with new ones, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, that being Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know the drill. You can find us on Twitter, at Ambitious with DP, YouTube, Ambitious with Dylan Price, and of course, Instagram, at Ambitious Podcast. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, Ambitious listeners.